Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, when she's going <laughs> to pop eight, then you're going to pop around, man. So we're going... <laughs> we moved into the balls D portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't buy in Vermont. It's like like Mex- Mexican food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy, your favorite uh, New England-centric... Legacy focused Magic the Gathering podcast. My name is Patrick. I'm your Legacy newbie, and with me today, as always, Mr. Jeremy. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. Eating <laughs> some ice cream. Nice, nice. Well, it's getting that time of year, man. It's yeah. getting warm out. You know. I mean, get... I eat well, ice cream in the dead of winter. There's well, no sure. wrong time for ice cream. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you play some magic this weekend, I heard. I played a lot of magic this weekend. Oh, you, let's talk about it. So, what'd you do Saturday? I uh, did the GPT at uh, Gaming Etc. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was a real, real good time. They always throw a good tournament there. Uh, sleeved up the same exact sneak and show list. Uh, did not have the same luck, though. Did not run it back uh, two weekends in a row. Uh, I ended up in finishing three and three. And uh, so missing for top eight, but still really like the deck. The matches I lost to were just super hard. Um, so I versed mono black like aggro pox, and that is a really hard matchup for sneak attack as a deck, just because they present a threat and then they just hammer you with land destruction and discard. Um, probably like sneak attack is worse off than other combo decks. Mm-hmm. Like imagine like Charbelcher or something like that, or Storm, even even Reanimator, um, because they can go off on a lot fewer resources. Uh, it'll it, it it kind of makes that matchup a little bit better. But Sneak and Show is so slow to ma- get the mana together because you, you're trying to resolve like um, four mana spells because Show and Tell is basically useless because they're running Innocent Bloods and Smallpoxes and all these sack effects. Um, so that takes uh, show and tell off out of the picture, which means you're forced to resolve a four mana enchantment that ideally you'd like to have five mana available so you can activate it right away. Mm-hmm. And they just, you know, sinkhole, wasteland, smallpox. They have twelve ways to blow up lands in your deck, so they just slow you down and just all at the same time they're picking away at your hand with, you know. Smallpox. Smallpox is just a good card is what I'm trying to get around to. Does smallpox hit artifacts, too? It doesn't hit artifacts. It gets creature. So each player sacks a creature, discards a card, sacks a land, and loses one life. So you got to be kind of on the Lotus Petal plan and hoping that you're able to stick a couple lands to get that going. Oh, yeah, because game one, round one, I go turn one on the play, uh, Ancient Tomb, Lotus Petal, Show and Tell, Emmercool. And he puts into play a swamp. I'm like, <laughs> all right, this looks pretty good. I pass the I pass the turn to him. He untaps, plays another swamp, and then plays smallpox. Oh. <laughs> That's just a blowout because I just oh. you know I spent a lotus petal on a show and tell just to get the Emrakul into play. Yeah. Now smallpox is also making me discard a card. It's like I'm down five cards and I have nothing to show for it. <laughs> that like, is that is. I mean that's value on his end, but that's oh uh, yeah. <laughs> It's like even even like the land I had played, the, the ancient tomb I played is gone too because I have a sack of lands. <laughs> <laughs> he basically he, he basically mind twisted me. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> so that was a pretty miserable matchup. Then um, I went on kind of a streak. I won three in a row, and you know had the hopes up that I might if I won out I could make top eight. Was feeling pretty good, and then I got paired against Ian. <laughs> Uh, you know, buddy of ours, and he was playing uh, Bant, mm-hmm. and they were actually some really interesting matchups where we, uh, you know, there were some really nice like counter wars, uh, things of that nature. But kind of one of the pivotal moments of that uh, match was um, I have a hand of like Jace, Sneak Attack, Grizzlebrand, uh, Force of Will, Blue Card. Um, and it's Ian's turn, and he plays uh, Gaddictig, 
to um, you know uh, Gagti, which is a blowout for me. I can't resolve my Jace, which is one of my win conditions, and I can't resolve my sneak attack. And uh, since he has Caracas in his deck, Show and Tell isn't as good against him. So I really need the sneak attacks to stick. Mm-hmm. So Gagteague is a blowout. Like, you can't allow that to stay in play. So uh, we end up uh, fighting over it. I win the counter war, uh, and the Gagteague goes to the bin. I play my Jace. Uh, so he passes the turn back to me. I play Jace. Brainstorm with Jason, have the you know sneak attack Grizzlebrand in hand. I'm ready to deploy next turn and uh, ideally win the game. And he left three mana up. Like he went in the tank so long when we were fighting over the Gattigtee. I was trying to figure out what he was uh, you know thinking of, but uh, I found out at the end of my turn when he taps his three remaining mana, flashes in Vendillion Click, mm. but, uh, you know strips the uh, the sneak attack out of my hand. And then on his upkeep, he swings in and kills my Jace. <laughs> so Vendillion Click was just like a one-two punch that, that knocked me out of that game. Uh, and then for my last matchup of the day, I played uh, Maverick. But it wasn't so much Maverick as just uh, Death and Taxes splashing green for Gaddock Teague and Knight of the Reliquary. And, I, you know, it was like full circle for the day because I'm on the play... Game one uh, of that that matchup, and I go Ancient Tomb, Lotus Petal, Show and Tell, Emrakul. He puts into play Knight of the Reliquary off the Show and Tell. I pass the turn to him. He go he plays a land, sacks the land, finds Caracas, and bounces my Emrakul back to my hands. So. <laughs> so that was basically my day in a nutshell. Rough day. Yeah, not the best, not the worst, but you know, not the best. What about you, man? You, you've been playing uh, some Magic? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I went up to TE on Sunday, uh, got in a few games. Um, it was just a very small turnout, actually. There's only about only about eight people there for uh, for Legacy on Sunday, which is by far the smallest turnout I've ever seen at that store. Yeah. Uh, nice weather. Yeah, I think a perfect storm of it being a really, really nice day out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the day before uh, the holiday, so I think a lot of people were also away. Um, on the, oh, right. That's right. I forgot about Marathon Monday. Yeah, so like three-day three day vacation. So people and it's school away. vacation this week, too. If I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but... Yeah, you know, the magic dads and dads yeah. and moms out there. Yep. And yep. then also, it just being the day after the GP, I think uh, uh, GPT, a, a bunch of people were probably just down to take a break. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I, like I said, I've never seen an eight-man, just an eight-man fire there, so... Um, but it was cool. It was actually nice because I didn't have a ton of time to play, so I was able to get three rounds in. Um, actually, uh, I played, so my first round, right, I, I, I sit down and there's this kid I've never seen before there. Tall dude. I don't know if, I don't know if you know him. I think his name's Andrew. Um, he's wearing a, a MILF Hunter t-shirt. So already oh, yeah, I'm kind of like, I saw like, that guy. <laughs> like, come on. Like, if you're like over the age of 16, I mean, you know, come on. Anyway, um, so I sit down and he's got like, I thought he was shuffling a commander deck, cause he's fucking like pile shuffling, and he has, he has like three rows deep and like <laughs> eight columns, and he's pile shuffling for like, I mean like, these are deep piles, right? And then, then he just starts like stacking them all together, and he's got to have like, I'm looking at him like, what the fuck is this thing? So I guess, you know, it took me, uh, it took me a minute, but, you know, I, I kind of uh. uh after the 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 last game, I'm like, so like, you know, it, it ended up being a battle of wits deck, obviously. So, <laughs> which is what I assumed it was, but I had never played against one before. I wasn't really sure how they were constructed. So, and I didn't see battle of wits, the actual card, until game three. That that was that's what won in game three. Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, Pat, I've never played against a battle of wits deck either. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, so so, I'm like, what is this? He's like, oh, this is my own brew. Like okay, like so. I'm like, well, it must have an archetype, right? Because like every single like deck in Legacy really has an archetype. He's like, no, it doesn't have an archetype. I'm like, oh, all right. That was after like game two or game one or game two. To be fair, but, if any deck can claim that, it's Battle of Wits because it's just <laughs> every archetype. <laughs> That's what he was like. But so anyway, so like, it's it's just the most ridiculous deck. I, I ended up getting game one because uh, I was I run Price of Progress main. And he had me at a point where I just I couldn't get I don't know what the board state looked like, but I just couldn't get any damage through. Um he was running like the uh uh it's like a white black card from Ravnica Block where it enters the battlefield, he can either give minus one, minus one to all my creatures or plus one, plus one all his. And then it has the ability to haunt um you know, any any creature and it can redo it can, you know, kind of do that 
that process oh, again. Oh, yeah, I know um, what you're talking. It's like Ob- Obzov or Ob... It's, it's Norzov. It's Norzov. Norzov, that, yeah, I couldn't remember the clan name. Um, but, clans. yeah, anyway, it's it's just like a little, like, two or three mana dork, but um, very good against against a Delver deck, especially when he, like, was able to take out a young Pyromancer, like, six tokens, and an unflipped Delver. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was able to... But, you know, because he's running so many um, different lands, because it's a straight-up five-color deck... Um, I was able to get him with Price of Progress the first game. Uh, the second game, I Blood Mooned him, but he was already fetching basics because he was worried about Price of Progress anyway. Right. Um, he was able to just get me the second game um, just with attacks. Uh, actually, I think he ended up killing me with Sliver Queen. <laughs> and, <laughs> and game three, um, I again, like I had never played against uh, 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 Battle of Wits deck, but on the... Like, you know, second to last turn, he just played Battle of Wits, and I like, read the card, and it's like, if you have more than 200 cards in your deck, at the beginning of your next upkeep, you win the game. And I'm, like, looking at it, I'm looking at the stack, like, he has, like, three, <laughs> he had to do, like, three different stacks of cards for his library. So I'm like, alright. Uh, I looked at the top card of my deck, I, like, drew, like, a land or whatever, I'm like, alright, so, he got the match. <laughs> um, so, he was, so it, was, he was, it was interesting, it was an interesting deck. I, I hear he also had an interesting uh, uh, thing with his his battle of wits. Oh yeah, Mark- yeah. Which actually I thought was pretty pretty sweet. He has like um, individual tick marks on each on each battle of wits for how many like kills it's gotten him. <laughs> like that, that that individual battle of wits when it won. <laughs> yeah, each one has its own like amount of tick marks. So like the one I got, I was like number seventeen on like you know <laughs> X of four copies. Um, but yeah, the deck was interesting. I've never seen anything quite like it. I don't know what would make you want to play that deck. It seems like it's a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of shuffling. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of those decks that work a lot better on Magic Online. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's probably it's probably just one of those things where he just loves playing that deck. So yeah, um, good on him. He it's was just not he was at the GPT. I didn't. Oh I didn't, really? Yeah, I didn't meet him at the GPT last week, but. Uh, I just heard rumors that there was a Battle of Wits deck in the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, round two uh, actually faced uh, Aaron Gazaniga, friend of the cast. He's been on before. Um, and he was on uh, like a five, like it was like a four or five color Planeswalker deck, like uh, centered around Oath and Nyssa. Yes, the the uh, infamous sixty six card special. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was a cool matchup. Um, yeah, he showed uh, me the list for the deck. Uh, let me see if I can find it because it's yeah. uh, it's a cool list. Um, yeah, so Aaron sent this to me. I know he also uh, wrote about it on uh, Hipsters of the Coast. So if anyone has not checked. Uh, Aaron, Kate's writing, and all the other writers over there. You should definitely check it out because they do some quality work there. Um, but the list is, he calls it 12, 12 Post Walking. <laughs> uh, and it's four Cloud Post, two Forest, four Glimmer Post, one Island, one Caracas, two Maze of If, four Misty Rainforest, one Scalding Tarn, one Taiga, one Tabernacle at Pendrel Vale. So, Pretty pretty standard for a lot of twelve post lists. Um, you know, twelve post has a, a couple different flavors, but you know, four cloud post, four glimmer post is a uh, pretty pretty standard edition. Um, I'm noticing he's not running any uh, Vesuvas or uh, Thespian stages. Mm-hmm. Um, those are kind of like the balls of the wall twelve post lists that just are trying to ramp as as quickly as possible and just kind of go maximum with it. Because yep. uh, Thespian Stage can just really good winning. Also, can just like copy a Maze of Eth or something of that nature. But it looks like he's just going for basically better mana fixing in, in its place. Uh, oh, and I also missed. Uh, oh, never mind the list. He is running four Vesuva as well. Um, oh, okay. I can't say that I saw that when we were played, but yeah, he's running four Vesuva, three Tropical Island, one Volcanic Island. So I take that back. They're the Vesuvas, but no Thespian Stages. Um, and then for the high-end threats, he was running. He's running one Emmercool, one Kozilek, and one Ulamog, the Ceaseless Hunger. And it's uh, Kozilek, the Great Distortion. Is that the new Kozilek? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Um, and then on the spell side, he's running four Brainstorm, <laughs> three Candelabras. So yep. <laughs> don't worry, just a deck with uh, you know. Tabernacle, Candelabra. <laughs> He's got a good collection. He's it's a, it's a budget list. It's a budget list. <laughs> um, and then where he gets a little spicy, he's running two Chandra Flame Crawler uh, collar, 
Uh, four crop rotation, that's pretty standard for most uh, 12 post lists. Uh, two Jace the Mind Sculptor. And then we got three Oath of Jace, four Oath of Nyssa, four Piping Needle, four mm-hmm. Sensei's Divining Top, two Soren Grim Nemesis, two Ugin the Spirit Dragons. Yeah. And I also was reading he also added a, a single Nickel Bolas, but... He made some cuts. It's down to 61 cards. <laughs> yeah, I think he cut the nickel bowl off, if I'm not mistaken. I know Kate was big on that card. I think he didn't have it in there, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it, it, the games were very interesting. I forgot what Oath of Nissa did, but then he's like, oh, it's the Green Ponder and that. So basically, I think you look at the top four cards, you get to put a land into your hand, right? It's, uh, it's several, t- it's like lands, creature, and sorcery. Uh, the rest, and the rest go on the bottom. Um, so and then and then it just allows you to basically um, cast any you know use any color mana that cast planeswalkers essentially. So yeah. oh. you know he can run he can run five colors very easily in that deck if you're running five color planeswalkers. Yep. So what it is is uh it's a creature land or planeswalker. Okay. Yeah. So, exactly. So yeah, he's got a maximizing times more than any other deck just with like the number of planeswalkers he's running as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just like the cool thing about planeswalkers, and I'm sure people on the cast, you know, most people who listen to this know this already, but they're just very difficult threats for a lot of decks to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of great planeswalker removal that's ever been printed, really. And uh, you know, for a creature deck like mine to deal with planeswalkers, it kind of takes you off the plan of beating face. Mm-hmm. So they have something that's just a repeatable threat on the board that you have to basically take time away from your real game plan um, yeah. to deal with. As as Louis Scott Vargas said, the best life gain uh, card ever printed was the Planeswalker. Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally totally valid. Right, because it's like pretty much any Planeswalker you have to you know this this is almost like a time walk because they're gonna have to spend a turn you know attacking this Planeswalker to get the the loyalty down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so game one, um, I just kind of got it with the beatdown uh, pretty quickly. Um, I won that fairly easily. Game two, I had to mold a four. I just kept drawing like no land hands and all land hands, and so I ended up keeping my mold of four was flooded strand, flooded delta. Wasteland, wasteland. I'm like, all right, well, we'll see what happens. I'm hoping <laughs> I can like, hoping I can waste his first couple, his first couple lands, and then try to get there after that. Um, and he goes turn one. He's on the play. He goes like land, pithy needle, naming wasteland. Great. So <laughs> I was too useless. So, so I'm kind hey, of like he got waste. They, yeah, he, he shaved the land off the end. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping now. I'm hoping now just to draw gas. And actually, I did. I ended up going like, like Delver, Pyromancer, Delver, and I was able to stick the two Delvers and actually got him down to eight. But by then he had been he had been able to get Caracas out, and he had been able to get out um, a number of islands and uh, Candelabra. Mm-hmm. But essentially, what he was able to do was uh, go infinite and just uh, continuously cast and bounce um, uh, Embercool to, to take infinite turns. Oh yeah, basically Caracas. Basically, it's Caracas Emrakul, and then fifteen yep. mana. Well, it's how it's how it's it's the biggest benefit of running twelve post with. Oh right, yeah, that, it was a post lands. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Like the, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Because you know, un, under ideal conditions, you know, uh, your cloud posts are usually generating about four to six mana a piece. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a single cloud post pumped into a candelabra untaps all your other lands. Right, exactly, and that's that's what ended up happening. So um, when I when he was like, oh, he he explained the combo to me. I'm like, all right, so we'll go to game three. Um, and game three, I just kind of got there with the double Delver beat down again. Um, but the games were fun. It was fun to play against him. He's always got like these really spicy decks. I think he got kind of land screwed uh, and color screwed on the, in the third game, so I sort of benefited from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so round three, I'm one and one, trying to get into into a top top three for prizes. I'm like on the cusp. I'm like you know. One on one is is good enough. I can get the last round. I'm yeah, in, right. Yeah, just one more. That's yeah, all you need. One more. All of a sudden, right? There's this guy at the shop who just doesn't like me. Right? Every time I play him, I crush him. Yeah. So what does he? What does he do? This guy. Didn't he? I, didn't he also like almost hit your car in the parking lot? <laughs> I did watch him try to parallel park on like what is what is that West Boylston Street for like ten minutes. Uh, to be fair, it's up. a difficult it's a difficult street to parallel park on. <laughs> It's a very busy street with lots of cars going by, but yeah, you know, it was so still, he almost he almost your car. <laughs> three lanes of traffic, like being perpend- you know, being perpendicular to. Uh, we call that the we call that the Boston block <laughs> when you just 
put your your car perpendicular to the street because you're trying yeah. to you know go somewhere and you just block all the per- traffic. It's it's a common move taught to the youngest of lads at a you know a right age when they're learning how to drive. Yeah. So needless to say, Jerry and I were able to play in the last round, and this guy, Jerry, comes in with essentially like what three different combo decks just mashed together. Like I thought you might have been playing a Battle of Wits deck. I feel like you had run. Yeah, I was basically playing Battle of Wits, but it was only sixty-one cards. <laughs> so, and and I also had an overriding desire to to destroy you. Right. Yeah. So you basically built it just to demolish me. I brewed. Just... Yeah, I brewed and meta the deck around Pat. That that was. I'm like, I'm going to build a deck that just destroys Pat. Like, I know he's on Blue Red Delver. I'm going to destroy that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't and... care if I lose every other game today. I'm going to destroy Pat. <laughs> And you didn't. I mean, you're. I mean, obviously, at the end, you know, you two owed me pretty easily. Like, Just resoundingly. To be fair, you're playing a tempo-based creature deck, and I'm running four Swords to Plowshares, four Lightning Bolts. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nothing Max is going to live. Yeah, Max and Allen removal. But, like, I definitely made a, a quite a few, like, uh, certainly one pretty egregious misplay, especially in the first game. Um, I actually had you down to, like, three, and I had a decent board presence, mm-hmm. and uh, I... You, in your hand, you had, you had like you, you when I when I probed you, you had like sneak attack, uh, scalding tarn, ancient tomb, uh, you had uh, force of will, I think, and enlightened tutor. Mm-hmm. And I should have read what enlightened tutor said. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I, I thought I thought enlightened tutor just searched for enchantments. See, I thought you were slow rolling me. Like I thought uh, you were gonna like blow <laughs> me out because you like get taxi and probe. See, I have the win in hand, and then you're yeah. just like. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm like, huh? All right. I don't. I can't. I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not that next level yet. Yeah. <laughs> just like, because it's like you. You look at it. It's like I have a. I have a handful of whoop ass, and you're just yeah. like, yeah, that doesn't scare me. I'm cool yeah. with that. I'm yeah, like, that's fine. That's really. Fine. Keep it, bro. Keep uh, it. All right. Now I'm a little scared. <laughs> so uh, basically, I end up getting you down to three, and I'm at like sixteen. And the next turn, you go like, you go like ancient tomb. Sneak attack, or you play like Ancient Tomb, you like cast your Enlightened Tutor and put, uh, what is it, Blightsteel Colossus in your hand? Yeah, so that's, so that's what I love about this, uh, like little brew I came up with is it's based around Enlightened Tutor, mm-hmm. which is one of the few tutors that is still legal in Legacy. Uh, all of its brethren are, are banned, uh, such as, you know, Mystical Tutor. Uh, so what it is is it's one white, Instant search your library for an artifact or enchantment card and put it on top of your library. And it works great with a deck that I was also running Sensei's Divining Top because Enlightened Tutor can find the top out of your library when you need it. And when you cast Enlightened Tutor, Enlightened Tutor's biggest downside is that it doesn't put it into your hand. It right. goes to the top of your library. Right. But if you're running Sensei's Divining Top, for free, you switch the Sensei's Divining Top to the top of your library and draw That's what it was. Yep, yeah, yep. that's exactly what it was, yeah. Yeah, so I go Ancient Tomb, play Sneak Attack. Uh, I still have plenty of mana uh, left up. I play Enlightened Tutor, finding Blightsteel Colossus, which is an 11-11 artifact creature with Trample and Infect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, use Sensei's Divining Top, grab Blightsteel Colossus, activate Sneak Attack, put it in a play, and uh, just attack you for 11 Infect. Yep, and I think like if I, I think I was on like the I was on like a double Delver at that point, and had if I had left one back, I mm-hmm. think. I, I know we we kind of talked about it quickly. I think I would have lived, maybe, but I... I think I, you would have won. I, I yeah. honestly do, because what happens is, if you... you you have, I was on, like, six life. Yeah. So, so I was on 12 life when you're making the decision. I have 12 life. You have two flip delvers that are three twos. Yep. You see that I have the combo in hand, but don't quite put it together. Right. Um, but if you, you would have realized that with Blightsteel Colossus, with 11... Damage and trample. A Delver has two toughness, so, so I that, get like nine infect. That'll put you in nine infect, and right. you know against infect, that's a bad idea because they, uh, you know, they have lots of infect creatures. That's my only like infect creature. The Blade right. Steel so Colossus you, then dies. Yeah, you're just trying to one shot him at that point. Right, and Blade Steel Colossus has the Emrakul Clause, where if it goes to your graveyard, it shuffles back into your library. Right. So it goes back into my library, so I'm not like straight out and dead, I can mm-hmm. still find it again, but that puts tremendous pressure on me because now I'm on 9 life, 
and you have a Delver in, in play, plus I knew you also had a Lightning Bolt that you were holding up as well. Right. So that's like a two-turn clock that I have to find this this one card out of however many left cards are in my deck. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, there, there was a window there for me, and I just didn't see it, um, which is, again, that's one of the reasons why I love to play at TE and, like, see, you know, just, like, good decks in general. I mean, obviously yours is a little bit brewy, but there's nothing wrong with, like, seeing... My deck was terrible, but it won. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's not that it's terrible. I should say, like, it's good for me to be in positions where I don't know exactly what my opponent's doing, but I should be able to. I should be able to, like, I should be able to see that hand and see like Enlightened Tutor and see uh, Ancient Tomb and Sneak Attack and be like, all right, well, I know we could probably put together some kind of, some kind of, you know. Mo- you know, some kind of combo here on the next turn, like, yes. what do I have to do to protect myself? Yeah, you're right. Enlightened Tutor is one of those cards that definitely benefits, um, you know, someone like me over uh, uh, newer players just because I've been around Legacy for so long mm-hmm. that I've just seen these cards and right. I can just, I can picture them like, okay, in this situation, what is it that they can find? Yeah. Because, if I saw that same play, what would be running through my head is, all right, what are some big artifact creatures that can fuck me up off of a, a coming yeah. into play? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, another one I considered uh, for the deck uh, was Sundering Titan. Okay. Because that's just, Sundering Titan is just brutal. Comes into play off of Sneak Attack. You blow up two of their lands. Right. You swing in for seven damage. And then it dies to the sneak attack resolving where you have to sack the creature at end of combat. And Sundering Titan, when it leaves the battlefield, also blows up two lands. Yep. So yep. you basically, you know, do four stone rains and hit them in the head for seven. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and then also what was in the deck and uh, what I what I settled on, what I, I like as well as uh, Worm Coil Engine. Yeah, I was going to say you had the Worm Coil Engine as well, which is yeah. pretty sweet. And I like the Worm Coil Engine because it, you can actually just hard cast it if you have mm-hmm. like you know a couple of ancient tombs, some city of traders. It's like it's very reasonable to cast a Worm Coil on turn four. Um, but it was also great if you find it with sneak attack because you put it in, swing in, attack for six, gain six life. And then when you sack the worm coil engine, you get the three three death touch and the three three yep. life linker. Exactly, which are like good good cards to have. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that at all, you know. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I guess so. Just to read out the list of what I was running. Yeah, which was really great. It's it's definitely worth talking about. Yeah. What I I, I think Aaron Aaron uh, asked me to write an article about it, so I'm, I'm considering. <laughs> you should, man. You it, should. It was it was it was. <laughs> <laughs> Just I I, I want you play like what was it like a bug like a bug stuff deck right mm-hmm. around prior yeah and just like the look of, on his face when you're just oh man <laughs> like playing worm coil and and helm of obedience and <laughs> ley line I'm like oh God. this is what I love just putting this deck together is just because like the deck's like control deck so it goes long so everyone else finishes their matches uh, before us and comes over and is watch and watch us play. And just like the entire room's like, what is that? What are you thinking? <laughs> I mean, people are just like, just giggling. Oh my god, people are cracking up. Like we were getting so rowdy. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, great. it was great. Yeah, the basis of the deck was kind of coming off of sneak attack. Uh, you know, show and tell sneak attack. Um, you know, we don't really have a big event coming up till the GP, so I just wanted to kind of come up with something fun to play at uh, that's E. But uh, I was, like, hooked on the interactions with the Soul Lands from uh, Sneak and Show. Just, like, Ancient Tomb and City of Traders can just do some busted plays. Uh, and one of my, you know, favorite things was uh, playing it in Sneak Attack games 2 and 3 after boarding in the Monastery Mentors. is just, like, curving, uh, like, going Ancient Tomb, playing uh, Sensei's Divining Top, activating Top to look at the top three and re- rearrange it. Um, next turn, playing... Uh, uh, turn to uh, Monastery Mentor, and then if I have like Lotus Petals or anything like that to play, it also makes tokens, and yeah, I can activate the top to make more tokens, and then curving that into the Jace the Mind Sculptor. Like, decks can't keep up with that start. Like, you're just dropping bombs right out of the gate, and very few decks can keep up with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was basically thinking, like, I really want to do that. What are some other just broken things that I can do with the Soul Lands? Yep. Uh, and, you know, I obviously like the, uh, the sneak attack, uh, at route. You know, it's, the show and tells just weren't, uh, as exciting. You know, like I said earlier, I was just, there were these situations where even playing show and tell, you still get blown out. Um, those blowout type of situations don't really happen with sneak attack. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to like shave down on it and make it a more control style deck. So I only went down to um, two sneak attacks uh, and one blade steel colossus, one worm coil engine as that package. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, I needed to be able to find them, and it was much more based around like sculpting the hand rather than like sneak and show style. Is just keep drawing cards until you find the right pieces, put them put them into play. This is much more of like wait for the right situation, uh, hold back, and you know sculpt the perfect hand and then go off. So I wanted to use Enlightened Tutor as a way to pull it all together. Yep. So kind of the running down the list, it was like three Monastery Mentor, three Jace the Mind Sculptor, two Sneak Attack, one Blight Steel Colossus, one Worm Coil Engine, uh, three Sensei's Divining Top, and then just one Counterbalance as a target for Enlightened Tutor, but it's not like really a, the central focus like it would be with Miracles. Right. But right. you can still have those, you know, uh, plays where you naturally draw the Counterbalance early with a top and you can just play some Tundras, play Sensei's Divining Top, play Counterbalance, your opponent thinks they're playing Miracles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and then out of nowhere you drop a Sneak Attack, Blade Steel Colossus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's very legit. Um, yeah, this deck is just basically one giant red herring. Because it looks like one deck, and then all of a sudden you do something completely different. <laughs> do you think it could have legs, though? Like, you could play this at a bigger tournament and do well with it? I mean... It definitely needs tuning. I crammed too many win conditions in, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, like cause I, do, I do like the Bite Seal Colossus, though. I think that's such a cool one-of with the Alight and Tutor package. Yeah. Just I, to, like, tutor it up and, like, and one-shot someone, you know? I like that as well. Um, and I... The, I think it has legs. Like I'm gonna still tinker with it, uh, see I what happens. Should, I mean, I, I I prized with it on, uh, you know, it was only an eight man, but I went two and one. Yeah. And the I deck mean. I lost to was an even crazier brew than mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tinker with it. Um, yeah. So then, for the protection package, this is where I kind of just warp the meta towards Pat. Um, <laughs> So, like, th- these could definitely be switched up because I don't like having Source to Plowshares and Lightning Bolts in the same deck because it's kind of counterintuitive. Yeah. <laughs> like, we've talked about it on the show before, but, like, Source to Plowshares lends itself more to a control style where you don't really care about life totals as much, whereas Lightning Bolt is you just want to be able to clear the path early of small threats and then also just aim them at the dome late game. And those kind of two kind of are had heads and don't work well together. But I wanted to beat Pat, and there's nothing that beats Pat like one mana removal, so both of them went into the deck. <laughs> Maxing it out. Maxing it out, the one, the one mana removal. I sat down against you, you just shuffled up, you just got this smile in your face. <laughs> you're, you're dead, buddy. You're dead. I mean, to be fair, Pat, if you had beat me again, like, I would have had to commit ritual suicide right there in, in that Z. I would have, Hurakiri just in the middle of the red room, because oh my family shame would be too great. <laughs> It was it was a spicy deck. I think I think game two we, I think I had the, I drew the pithing needle and I think I pithing needled sneak attack and then I I did another and then Jace one. Jace the mind I, sculptor. Oh Jace, that's what it was. Yep. That's what it was. Just right out of the gate, like turn yep. one pithing needle sneak attack. I'm like I'm looking at my hand and I have a sneak attack in my hand. I'm like damn it, all right, yeah, <laughs> can't do anything about that. <laughs> looks like looks like I'll have to turn one of my other three win conditions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's, it's certainly not a, like an answer, like a, a, a an end all answer for that deck, but it's. I'm just one of those decks that you want like four pithing needle, four Phyrexian revoker against. Right, right. <laughs> it was close though. I think like you, you ended up hitting the worm coil, but I think I had you down to. I think I, at the life totals, it was like yeah. you at three, and I was at twelve. Yep. And you just two shot at me with the worm coil. I could not stop it. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was close. it was great. Very close, but I beat you. <laughs> and hey, hey, that's what's important. Fair and <laughs> Not upset about it all. It's fair and square. You beat me, you yeah. know. Until the next yeah. time. Um, yeah, but so. Yeah, so. Pile, trash pile. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so this protections where you can kind of tweak the numbers. You know, probably switch the lightning bolts out for something else. But it was uh, four lightning bolt, three swords to plowshares with the fourth sword to plowshares in the sideboard. Uh, two spell pierce, four force of will. Um, so those can definitely switch up, you know, the lightning bolts can probably become other counter magic, uh, maybe something else, you know, round out some of the other numbers, depending Fluster on Fluster Storms. Yeah, Fluster Storms, or even go up to like four Sensei's Divining Top, uh, or a fourth, 
uh, fourth ponder, because I'm only running four brainstorm, three ponder, just because, yeah. you know, when you're shaving cards, that, that fourth ponder tends to go. <laughs> yeah, and I think, like, if you're running top and ponder in the same deck, you can probably replace one with the other a little bit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then, you know, three Enlightened Tutor, uh, that's another one. You could probably bump up to a fourth one, uh, just because it's really good in the deck. Um, and then one engineered explosives is just a, a target for enlightened tutor as a as an answer all. Um, you know, like I played engineered explosives on uh, on like seven to get it around to counterbalance that day. So you just tap like city of traders, three islands, three mountains, uh, and you know you can cast it for eight, but only use red and blue, so it comes into play with two counters, so they can't counterbalance trigger it, but you can then yep. blow up the counterbalance with two counters. So. Things like that, and then I also was running three Chrome Mocks to help, you know, with those explosive starts. I mm-hmm. cut I cut the Lotus Petals from Sneak and Show, just because I wanted a little bit of more value out of them, and I replaced mm-hmm. them with Chrome Mocks. But the Chrome Mocks didn't do anything all day. Yeah, I don't think I saw you play it once. Actually, I think I saw you discard it to yeah. Liliana. Yeah, it was just <laughs> it, it like it never came up early when you want it. You want it in your opening hand, so you can just go like. Ancient Tomb, Crow Mox, Discarding, Swords to Plowshares, play Monastery Mentor on turn one. Right, right. Like, those are the, like, explosive hands you want with Crow Mox, and I just wasn't really getting it. Yeah. Is that something you want to keep, or do you think Crow Mox can get cut? Uh, I think I'm going to try it out with the Lotus Petals, because Lotus mm. Petals are not terrible in the deck. If you have a Monastery Mentor, it's essentially a 1-1 one, one for free. Yeah, I was gonna say that that pairs very well with Monastery Mentor. Yep, and it just it, it helps like smoothing out your mana. Like you can get a turn two Jace with it. You know, you go turn one, Islands Ponder, turn two Ancient Tomb, Lotus Petal Jace. Mm-hmm. Like that's an explosive start that a lot of decks have a lot of trouble with. Yep. So you know, I might I might try out the the Lotus Petal Petals. Go back to them because I definitely didn't like the Chrome Moxes. Yeah. Um, I'm running two Islands and one Mountain as just kind of a hedge. It was kind of weird going from a Blood Moon deck to a deck that has to worry about Blood Moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so two Island, one Mountain, then three Tundra, three Volcanic Island, three Flooded Strand, three Scalding Tarn. Um, that was kind of a lazy man's, like, <laughs> I put this mana base together in like 15 minutes flat, so <laughs> I wasn't like counting pips or anything. You know, I'd probably go back and maybe tweak those numbers a little bit. You know, maybe it's maybe four... You know, four Tundra, two Volcanic Island is a more correct uh, pairing, uh, but I'd have to, you know, spend more time and, and look into it. Uh, and then same, you know, follows with the Flooded Strands and Scalding Tarns. Um, and then I ran one Cavern of Souls, which was great. Cavern of Souls against Miracles is so nice. Oh, the best. Yeah, when you can just like, oh, I have a Monastery Mentor and a Cavern of Souls, and you have Sensei's Divining Top Counterbalance. That's nice. Play it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I almost want to have Cavern of Souls against Miracles instead of like something like Sulfuric Vortex, mm-hmm. um, because I've played like with Cavern of Souls, and that's one we games against Miracles, and Sulfuric Vortex just doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is like the typical like that's a, just like a sideboard card against Miracles. Um, right. But yeah, Cavern of Souls, especially in, like the blue red Delver deck, if you just name Human, mm-hmm. it gets you like your Snapcaster Mages, it gets you your Delver of Secrets, it gets you. Yeah. Uh, if you're playing like Swiss Beer, which I'm not, it gets you those two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, I guess you, uh, if you blame Wizard, you can get like, you can get all those and click. So it, it has some, some nice versatility to it. Yeah. And, uh, my deck, it can use it even better just because I actually can have use for the, the colorless mana. Yep. Between, you know, Sensei's Divining Top, uh, you know, paying for Jay's Sneak Attack. Worm mm-hmm. coilers, like all these have colorless mana, so that's like the real the real trouble. Like I I like it in blue red delver, but there's those feel bad moments with it when you have like a lightning bolt and a cavern of souls yep. as your starting land. Yeah, exactly, and that's why I don't. That's why I switched over to the fourth volcanic because it just it just doesn't make sense to have it. You, right. you did you did bring that up, and then like I was like, yeah, well, I'll run it. And you're right, there are the the times where you're like, well, I can't I can't daze anything with my cavern yeah. souls. I'm like <laughs> an opener, you know, an opener with a single land in, in blue red delver is fine, mm-hmm. unless it's cavern of souls. <laughs> then it's just like essentially almost unplayable. Yeah, there there's a rule of thumb a lot of uh, like delver players have. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're running cards like daze, um, you don't want like so rug rug delver is a good example so there was a debate for a while about whether to include one taiga in rug delver decks 
um, because they were susceptible to people going like wasteland surgical extraction and then them being completely cut off of green or red, right. which you know really hurts the rug delver deck. Yeah. So some rug delver players would run Taiga as kind of a hedge against being wasteland surgical extraction. Whereas other Rug Delver players said it was a terrible idea because there are so many feel-bad moments where you have a daze that you can't use because a Taiga is the only land you have in play. Mm-hmm. So it's just better to have you know, the Tropical Island or the Volcanic Island for those turns when you naturally draw Taiga and it's your only land. And I feel, right. you know, Cavern of Souls is that same exact argument, it, you know, yeah. just a different card. Yeah, I mean tenfold even because like if if I can't even ponder or brainstorm to find more land, you're in a you're in a real bad spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, it, it was nice playing against miracles. If you're playing against miracles all day, you want four cavern of souls. <laughs> you don't yeah, care. Oh yeah, you sure. don't care about your days as not being as effective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you're 100 percent right, and that's why like you're, I think you had said, oh, it might be good to have in the sideboard, and I actually kind of consider that. Yeah. Um, like switching, you know, swapping out a wasteland for a, a cavern of souls seems like pretty good. Because if you get into the long game against miracles, like being able to just stick one threat is just so critical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. I know a lot of people, myself included, sometimes feel awkward putting a land in the sideboard. It just kind of feels wrong for some reason. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of times when that's the correct move to do, yeah. especially if it's a, a really good utility lands like cavern yep. of souls. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, it's not... Imagine if it was, like, a zero-man enchantment that says your Q just can't be countered. Right. Like, you would probably put that in the sideboard, right? But just because it's a land, like, people are less likely to play it. But I think in, like, in a, in a format like Legacy, where, the like you said, the lands have such utility, they serve such a purpose, it's not just generating mana. I mean, each year, you know, very few decks run basics because you can't afford to run basics. You need to have a land that does... That's more than that, a land that's better than that. Um, and Cavern of Souls, I think, fits that bill. But it remains to be seen. Now, not a lot of decks do that, but... It's something, you know, it's it's on my, what'd you call them, the McCormick rack of spices. Yeah, the <laughs> McCormick <laughs> spice rack, yeah. Yeah, you can throw them on the sideboard, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I ended up going 1-2. Um, yeah, lost a battle of wits, which felt bad, because I think I can, I think I can beat that deck. Um, but just, you know, playing, playing Ansem for the first time, I didn't know what was worth countering, what's not worth countering. Um, that, I think it was Orzov Pontiff. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, but anyway, that that wrecked me. And like, if you if you're aware of that card and that, de- I mean, the car- the deck runs like 244 cards, so it's hard to know what's exactly in that deck. But mm-hmm. um, I do feel like I could beat that deck. Um, I did make a pretty egregious sideboard error when I I like sided in two Blood Moon and kept in my Price of Progress, and like those two are certainly a non-bow together. And I didn't really realize that until I was de-sideboarding and like ran past it. And I was like, oh, it's probably a very like bad combo to have in this in the decks mm-hmm. in the same deck so um just things like that but uh and then losing to your deck is like I'm fine with that you know it's not a deck that I've <laughs> that I was prepared against and I'll certainly remember what I'll, it's certainly a, I'll, I won't ever forget what enlightened tutor does so yeah. that's a great lesson to learn yeah oh well also uh with the list the, the sideboard is where I hit most of the spice for it so <laughs> Just for the lands, to round out the lands, there's then two City of Traders, three Ancient Tomb as the mm-hmm. final set of lands. And then for games uh, two and three, uh, I wanted like some graveyard hate in case I ran into like Dredge or Reanimator or anything like that. And I'm like, oh, well, Rest in Peace is in white, and it can be found with Enlightened Tutor, and it's also just a really good card on its own. And it just so happens to have a four drop that wins the game in Home of Obedience. To yeah. <laughs> So, Helm of Obedience can also be found with the Enlightened Tutor as the uh, Rest in Peace can. So, game two, if you, if I think, you know, whatever basically win condition I have that I think is not as good, either it's boarding out some of the one-drop removal to board in this combo, like what I did against Miracles. Mm-hmm. So, I played Miracles early in the day, and I boarded out the Swords, the Plowshares, and Lightning Bolts, and brought in Rest in Peace, Helm of Obedience. <laughs> um, so now I'm just I love that yeah, combo. even overloading on on wind conditions even more and getting rid of you know these one drop removal spells that I, that I don't really do very much against miracles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like other stuff to to find like Grafdigger's Cage, Pything Needle, Engineered Explosives. Uh, I also had two Terminus in the board to bring in against <laughs> Pat. <laughs> It really was designed just to wreck me. <laughs> oh yeah, because like when I boarded, I like I I I already had four lightning bolt, three swords to plowshares. I board in the fourth swords to plowshares, and a uh, two terminus, 
another engineered explosives, uh, fluster storm, so you can't uh, lightning bolt me. I'm just like, you're not doing anything this game. <laughs> you're yeah. just done. Yeah. It's, it's really good. It was really good against me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, against Miracles, that's where um, we had like the entire room gathered around and everyone was just laughing their asses off because I'm playing against Miracles with the deck. Uh, it's game two. And we're on, like, turn 30 of game two. <laughs> it's going forever. Uh, and he... Uh, I've been, like, playing Monastery Mentors using uh, Cavern of Souls. So I got an early, like, Ancient Tomb into Cavern of Souls and, uh, like, two Monastery Mentors. And I just kept finding more Monastery Mentors off of Sensei's Divining Top and making tokens. So he cast all four Terminus. Um... Uh, in in his deck, so like, but my monastery mentors kept going to the bottom, and I kept finding him again. So I had also like burned him through uh, two of his swords to plowshares, and I have um, so he's out of terminus, has two swords to plowshares down, and I've assembled a sneak attack, uh, and I draw enlightened tutor, <laughs> and and Aaron Gazinaga is is standing behind me, and he goes, oh, it'd be really cool if you enlightened tutor for something sweet. Like a Blightsteel Colossus or something. I just look at him like, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and he's like, really? <laughs> and I go, like, Enlightened Tutor, Blightsteel Colossus, put it on top of my library, tap uh, Sensei's Divining Top, put Blightsteel Colossus into my hand, activate Sensei, uh, uh, Sneak Attack, put Blightsteel Colossus into play. And the Miracles player is like, okay, Swords to Plow share it? <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, no! <laughs> I gain 11 life, but, like, Source of Plowshare is the worst-case scenario because it doesn't go to the graveyard and reshuffle right. back in. It's just gone. Yeah. So now it's, like, I have, like, one Monastery Mentor and one uh, Worm Coil Engine in my deck as, like, my lone win conditions, I'm thinking. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, damn, this is this is terrible. So I, I, I pass the turn, he plays a land, passes back to me, and I draw uh, Rest in Peace. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah! And I tap, uh, I tap to you, I play Rest in Peace. And he just looks at me and goes, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> and he lets it resolve because, like, there's nothing, like, he, he doesn't think there's anything uh, going on with it. Right. Um, I then draw some more cards, and I find, uh, uh, like, a Jace the Mind Sculptor. I play Jace the Mind Sculptor as a test. I just jam it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he lets it go. And uh, I brainstorm with Jace, and I find the uh, Helm of Obedience. <laughs> I, I actually saw from this point on, mm-hmm. like, I saw you hard cast the, the, the yeah. Leyline or whatever it was, and then yeah, the, yeah, the, I saw the, the Jace play. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. Jace play, and he's like, ah, uh, yeah, and he, he like, um, oh, you know what it was? I didn't brainstorm with Jace. I had the Helm of Obedience in hand, and I had the Jace in hand, and I had the Rest in Peace in hand. And I play the Jace as, like, a test card to see if he counters it. And um, he, like, taps out uh, and hard casts, uh, like, Force of Will uh, to counter the Jace. He passes it back to me, and I play Helm of Obedience, and the, like, room cracks up, and he's like, yep, it resolves. And he was so he was so upset because he had a red elemental blast and another blue card in hand. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, so he could have just red elemental blasted Jace and then still had Force of Will blue card backup. Yep. But he wasn't expecting me to play a non blue threat. Yeah, I think I think like that mistake is just like being just being the most mana efficient with your plays, right? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So like he just was excited to hard cast Force of Will because he got gets like he gets a counter spell that he doesn't have to discard a card to. Right. But it would have been way better just you know Red Elemental blast the Jace. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So I blew him out with that, and it was just like he did just did not see it coming at all. Yes. Which I don't I don't blame him. It was no. It was it was round one, and he had already seen like sneak attack monastery mentor, <laughs> Blightsteel Colossus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that deck was great, man. You should you should put something together on that because it's worth. I think it's worth talking about. I think anytime you have like a deck that just has all these different win conditions in it that just come from different angles, you know, like you mm-hmm. can kill someone with an infect guy, you can kill someone with, I mean, with just monastery mentor and going wide. You can kill someone with the the rest in peace and the leyline or rest in peace and the helm of obedience combo. Like mm-hmm. it's it, I, decks like that. I think are just a lot of fun. Um, and having all those different outs and attack from those different angles is just hilarious. Yeah, definitely. You know, because it's just, it's just great. Plus, it, it beat my face in, so it was, <laughs> uh, you know, it was fun. It was fun to play against. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so you ended up winning. What was the, uh, did you guys split in the top four? or? Uh, since it was only eight, they just paid out to top three. Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. top three. three yeah, yeah, so I, I came in third. Uh, so I got paid out, and I just picked up some stuff for Cube. Nice. Yeah. Got a Curse Scroll, Remand, just a bunch of, like, five and six dollar cards. Nice, 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 nice. Um, I didn't really see any major tournament stuff going on this weekend, did you? Like, from, uh, for, like, deck list-wise? Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't actually look this weekend. It was kind of a whirlwind weekend. Yeah, it was mostly just, um, like, Constructed Leagues that I saw. Yeah. Um, even, like, I guess the SG Invitational was this weekend, so there weren't really any, um, like, classics or, or side events running Legacy. Oh, yeah. Mostly just Constructed League this, this past week, so. Yeah. Not a ton to talk about there. Eldrazi Aggro still continues, continues to be, like, a pretty significant percentage of the meta. Um, uh, other than that, it's basically all the same. Um, very interested to see, like, we were talking about Eldrazi last week. I'm very interested to see what happens with that deck. If it kind of goes back to like a tier two, tier three deck, or mm-hmm. if it stays like if it stays like in the aggro lists, you know, stays up there. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth putting together. It's one of those decks too that, other than the city of traders, which they're not exactly a pillar of the format, they're nice to have. But yeah. they're really like you. Eldrazi is one of those decks that you can put together and just have as a, a side legacy deck. You don't have yeah. to like. It's not like you're pulling Force of Wills or anything like that out of it. Right, yeah, exactly. That's why I'm putting that's part of the reason why I'm putting it together because the only thing I really have to move over from any other deck is like the wastelands, I think. Mm-hmm. I think everything else is it's gonna be on its own, so Yeah. Because it's also nice uh, coming up for like GP Columbus. Uh what I've done at GPs too is like you play in the events and you know, say you scrub out early, but you still want to play legacy, mm-hmm. but you kinda just want to change your pace. You know, you go over, walk over to an eight man and uh, you know, play that deck and jam it yeah. for a few games. Yeah, you can do a few eight mans and, do, and and rotate your decks, you know, so you're not just playing the same deck over and over again. Yeah, that's when uh, GP New Jersey and uh, me and Adrian were down there. I'm just like, Adrian, give me ten fins. <laughs> like, uh, okay, <laughs> I just like. <laughs> I still wish I got a chance to play that deck, but I just never got a chance to really take it out for a spin. But maybe yeah. I'll borrow from him someday. I think it's like I've said it before. I think it's a great like uh, side event deck. Like if you're yep. just doing an eight man pod, you know, single elimination. Yeah, jam that deck. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So power, it's so powerful, so fast. It's just like yeah, consistency, like you said, is is its enemy. Yeah, exactly. It's like try and get lucky three games in a row. It's, yep. You know, it's not that hard. Yep, much easier than trying to do it ten games in a row. Yeah, it's be- it's better odds than Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Other than that, I don't know if there was anything else you wanted to go over. It wasn't too much going on this week. Legacy. Yeah, uh, I, I guess we probably should have mentioned this at the beginning, but yeah, Adrian's sick tonight. That's why he's not here with us. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> we did that last week too. We got to the end of the cast, like, oh yeah, Adrian won't be joining us yep, tonight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, he feels better. Yeah, he's probably breathing in too much uh, 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 sheetrock dust. Yeah, get that coal miner's lung. <laughs> yeah, you got the black lung pop. Black lung. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Yeah, so other than you beating my face in on Sunday and watching your atrocious park job and expecting expect <laughs> It was a busy street. Team. It was a busy was, street. <laughs> not that busy. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was just funny because, like, Aaron and I are sitting, we're sitting, like, you know, the, the room that you play in is, like, got these big plate glass windows looking out on the street. And this it's, like, basically, like, the side of the building where the windows are, the sidewalk, and the street. It was, like, I literally there. pulled up, like, literally right in front of, like, the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we just, like... Aaron's facing the street and I'm facing Aaron he's like who is this guy parking and I turn around I'm like what is this guy's issue and like we see like this guy like, back and forth back and forth back and forth trying to get in this fucking space I'm like who is this guy I was like he's got a sick leather jacket on he's like is that Jerry I'm like oh god no that's not Jerry is it oh my god it's Jerry it's a really busy street and I missed the angle coming in and it's like you know parallel parking on a busy street it's like once you fuck up it just snowballs yeah, like, it was, like it was, it's almost better to just like drive around the block and try again. Yeah, you should have just parked in the sidewalk, man. Yeah, because I mean, parallel parking for you. Like Park Street is basically like a, a small highway. Like cars fly down that street. <laughs> I've never had a problem with it, but sure. 
Uh, uh, proven point, uh, I was at That's E a little while ago, and I pull up to park, and there's, like, all these emergency vehicles in the road outside of, uh, outside of That's E, like, oh my god, I hope everything's okay, and I get a little closer, and I see that someone parked in front of That's E had the door of their car just, like, ripped off by a passing car. Like, they just, like, opened the door, and the car would just, like, barreled through it and just opened the car like a tin can, like a sardine can. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Watch your mirrors, guys. Watch your mirrors. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, do you want to like, get into some scoops, or is there something else you want to go over? Or No, I'm good. Let's do some scoops. Oh, let's do some scoops. Uh, this week, I'm going to scoop in uh, Jerry. Aww. Uh, I'm, I'm happy you got the win against me. I think hopefully it'll it'll kill some of the the podcast <laughs> champ talk. I like, wait, actually, one other thing. I like how after, after I get the win, oh, yeah. <laughs> Aaron... <laughs> Aaron goes over, writes that Pat gets the win. <laughs> then, like, this is how, like, he likes Luther level shit here. <laughs> Crosses out Pat getting the win and then gives the win to me, which is technically the right, you know, that's the right outcome. But he then takes the picture of, like, the obviously doctored match results slip and posts that I changed it in a fit of rage after losing. Like, that is deep shit right there. It was there. pretty good. It was pretty diabolical. <laughs> yeah, like, master of evil planning. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> and you couldn't even get on Facebook fast enough because he, he got it before. I know. Like, I get on there to, like, argue the point, and then I just realize, like, oh, my God, I'm just making myself look worse. Like, yeah. I'm playing into his hands. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty great, man. That was pretty great. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm going to scoop you in the top eight, man. Um, glad we got a chance to play. I feel like we've been to a few events together. We just haven't gotten paired up against each other, which isn't a bad thing, but it's just funny because it, there's been that ongoing. I mean, I've been, we've been playing together for like a year now, and yep. it's just been like that ongoing thing for whatever reason. Like Mostly, so. mostly Celso. I get to, yeah, ru- I get to rub it in Celso's poke, face next poke time. Poking the, poke the bear. Poking the bear. Poking the bear. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I think that's it for me, man. I just want to scoop you in the top eight, and uh, also I'm going to scoop in. A- I'll guess I'll scoop in Adrian. Hope that he uh, he's feeling better. Hope his antibiotics kick in for him and get him back on cast because we haven't had him on in a few weeks. So yeah, definitely. Yep, that's it for me. Cool. Uh, well, I'm going to scoop Aaron in. You know, even though he's a you know a mad scientist. <laughs> uh, yeah, he uh, he shouted us out in his uh, article this week. You know, nice. He gave me nice. a personal shout out, so gotta return the favor. I Karma checked people. out the article. Uh, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. I checked out the article, and it's like it's really good, man. He's a he does a really good job writing. I mean, his his brews are kind of off, not off the wall as in like out of left field, but off the walls and just very unique and very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like does a card for card breakdown of why he has each card selected, and it's you know it's just I think one of the cool things about brewers is that like they have a purpose for what they do for the most part, and and uh, he does a good job breaking it down, which is really cool for someone like me who's not a brewer at all. So Right, right. But, yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to shout him out. And then also uh, Nate and everyone at That Sea. And, uh, oh, Ben Symes, uh, who was the Miracles player that <laughs> was <Yeah>. flabbergasted <laughs> of the Hell of yeah. Obedience. So, shout <laughs> out to Ben. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what? <laughs> he then immediately posted on Facebook afterwards that I was his spirit animal. Yeah. So. <laughs> I guess I would. <laughs> yeah, like one of the cool things about having like an eight man like that with people who all kind of know each other, right? Is that like it's when it's it's just fun, man. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun. Like you're no hanging out with friends. It's not a tournament. Yeah. You're just everyone came together and you're, you're jamming yep. some cards. Exactly. It's like you're having a, a friendly backyard poker game, you know. Mm-hmm. Like there's money on the line, but like no one really gives a shit. Yeah. You're just there to have fun. <laughs> no one's getting into a fist fight over ten dollars of credit. <laughs> no, exactly. No one's changing match results. Except <laughs> <laughs> unless that person's Aaron, and you know they're. They're like Alleged. the Joker, and some people just want to see the world burn, Pat. That's true. You know what? That is exactly who he is. <laughs> he was talking about how much he hates playing blue, and he's playing... Uh, I know. Oh, I've, I, I've neglected to give him shit about that. He's playing Candelabra. <laughs> yeah, he's been the biggest, like, boo ha- uh, blue hater for years, and now he's oh. playing blue. Hey, you know, he wants to win. What can you do? Uh, Kate tells me they're putting together High Tide, which is like the antithesis of what I thought Aaron stood for. But. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, he's got, he's got like, you know it's only a matter of time until he starts playing High Tide. Yeah. So. Oh, man. I play High Tide sometime and then probably, you know, go up back and shoot myself. <laughs> it just, it's, that's just not the kind of deck I want to play. I don't want, that's not the kind of strategy I'm into. I'll play it one time. I just want to experience it. Mm-hmm. Eh, nah, I'm all set. 
I do want to play the the Eldrazi deck. I, that's my kind of style. Like a little bit, a little bit rampy, a little bit aggro, very linear. Because I'm bad at this game, so like the less. <laughs> yeah, keep it simple. I mean, like yeah, like Blue Red Delver, like for you know, even though it's not like a top deck in the format right now, it has a lot of decisions, man. And like, El- I feel like Eldrazi Aggro is just like, all right, what's your opponent on? Am I going to be jamming Thorn? Am I going to be jamming jamming Chalice? Am I going to just be jamming creatures and just go and just pl- do that plan? You know, so right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it for me, man. Sweet. Well, I have the 20-sided die pack. I was going to say, all right. So first roll is from 93 up. From 93 up. We have a six. So 99. No, good old 1999. 99 is a good year, man. 99 is a good year. 1999, I was a in, in the eighth grade. Uh, I was worried about Y2K in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> You would be worried about Y two K. So you were in like you were in like the sixth grade, you're like the fifth grade. There's no way you were worried about Y two K. So my dad put emergency floodlights in our living room for that were battery powered and triggered to turn on when the power grid fails. <laughs> Maybe you were worried about. Y2K. Okay. I stand corrected. Hey, they're great for when there's a thunderstorm. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm kind of hoping for number two. I just pulled up the list. Let's see it. Number eight. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. Okay, what is it? We got Every Morning by Sugar Ray. Oh, that's a good one. That's That's great. I was kind of holding out for two, which is No Scrubs by TLC. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm all set with that. Oh, man, don't you be hating on TLC. I mean, there's... Oh, man, this is... Britney Spears. This is so like Baby One More Time, Genie Nevada by Christina Aguilera. Oh man. At least we didn't get like Livin' La Vida Loca. <laughs> like some shitty Jennifer Lopez song. But uh, there's some there's some real songs in this uh on this list here. Uh Save Tonight by Eagle Eye Cherry at twenty two. That's a good one. Uh Smooth, the Santana song. Uh All Star by Smash Mouth. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, this is Backstreet Boys is on here. Yeah, I want it that way. A karaoke favorite. If you oh, ever yeah. take me to karaoke, there's gonna be some Backstreet Boys going on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 98 degrees. Oh man, this is a good. This is not a bad list. Oh, can I get a? That's a good Jay Z song too. We might need to do like uh like like because we're never gonna get over over the top 20. That's true. If we go deep. We can get like a D. I don't know how high. <laughs> are we D one hundred, D forty eight, D one hundred, D one hundred is just like a ball. It's a yeah. ball. <laughs> it's a golf ball, <laughs> laser etched. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, cool man. All right, so I guess we're doing every morning by Sugar Ray. Boom, play us out. Enjoy so that. Sweet every morning. You can email us at leavinglegacymtg at gmail dot com, or find us on Twitter at mappingtrickster at jmee three rd. Or at Pat Hublo. Thanks for listening. Remember, play fast, not loose. Every morning there's a halo hanging from the corner of my girlfriend's corporate.